Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy day to join us in the Word of God as we uh, continue probably to challenge you with some concepts that may be different than you've heard before. Uh, you know, my particular thing is that I have been on a quest my entire life not to settle for the status quo, but to dig about in the Word of God. And there are some things that I believe God has said to me that I, I believe I was born to share with you. I believe God has given me insight into some of these things so that uh, we can continue to be a part of what I believe is an ongoing gospel revelation, uh, revolution. Uh, the gospel of grace is sweeping the nations. The gospel of the kingdom is sweeping the nations. I believe that as we begin to understand the present reality of the things that we've always thought was in our future, that there will begin to be an awakening, I believe, of a sleeping giant called the church and the nations of the earth will be impacted on a level that is unprecedented. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Word of God uh, this morning. Let me say quickly again, if you have missed these programs, you can go back and uh, watch them on YouTube. Uh, we shared last week uh, some things with you from Revelation 20. We're going to share with you again. But again, uh, uh, let me just say this. If a lot of the things that I am not going to be able to touch in detail in chapter 20 have already been covered in chapter 11 of the book of Revelation. So if you want to go back there and listen to them, th that's probably some of the most important pieces of stuff that I've done uh, on that uh, to date on the book of Revelation. Uh, let's begin reading uh, verse number one. It says, and, and it, it says in chapter 20, verse Revelation, that I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, bound him for a thousand years, and he cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had neither received his mark on their hand, their foreheads are in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death hath no power, but they shall be preached of God of Christ, and he shall reign with him a thousand years. And before I get into even the rest of that, let me come back again and reiterate some things. We shared with you in the last segment, and it's very difficult to pack into a 26-minute segment the information that it takes to build this. But I simply wanted to say to you that there are several views of the millennium here, but, uh, uh, and I shared that the last one, so I'm not going to get into that. I personally believe that we are living in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ now, that Jesus is presently reigning. I believe that Satan is bound from deceiving the nations. I didn't say there's not any activity. I just believe, and I'll show you in the Word, where uh, Jesus disarmed principalities and powers, where he said things like, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and all the world. We'll get into some of those scriptures in just a moment, but Jesus is presently reigning. But one of the things that I shared with you, especially in the last segment, is that the first thing it mentions here is that the, uh, those who, who had, had not received the mark of the beast 
or his name in their hands or their forehead, but were martyred, are now being resurrected. Now these people, we've already dealt with, I showed you back some time ago, that this mark of the beast is not a coming thing that historically was fulfilled under Nero and, and that this Roman beast, we've showed you way back and several times, that this beast is the same beast that Daniel saw, which was very clearly, especially if you go back in the book of Daniel, simply read it from the Amplified Bible, it'll tell you who this beast was. It was the beast of Rome. And this seven-headed beast, if you will, uh, these people that are being resurrected here are the martyrs who did not receive the mark of the beast or the number of his name. And I shared with you how that from the uh, early parts of the book of Revelation, probably somewhere around uh, chapter 7, 8, where it talks about that, they, uh, that the martyrs were, the, the souls were under the altar of the martyrs who were being beheaded, being persecuted, uh, in fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy in Matthew 24, they're going to deliver you up to be killed, you'll be persecuted in this city, and, and, and on and on the persecution went. And he said to them uh, in, in Revelation that under that altar was the souls of them who were crying out, How long, Lord, till thou dost avenge us? He, they were told to rest yet for a little season. Now, a little season is not a couple thousand years. A little season, I believe, was that that gap between 30 AD and 70 AD that was the little season when great persecution was coming not only from the Romans but also from the religious rulers were in cohorts <coughs> and in uh, a league with these people to persecute the Christians. They were being killed, martyred in the arenas. Uh, horrific things were happening to them. They're crying, how long do thou dost avenge us? The response to them is just a little season because there's others that must be killed. But on the heels of this, especially in the 10th chapter, it says, uh, and, and it says this, but there will be no more intervention of time that there should be any more waiting or delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God will be finished. Now, one of the things that happened was that the, the trumpets begin to sound as a result of an angel taking a coal off the altar and casting it into the earth. Now remember, the prayers of the saints are the incense. They are the, literally the prayers of these martyrs saying, how long till you avenge us? Matthew 23, Jesus talked about that upon that generation would come the blood of all of the martyrs from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zacharias. So he is, and then Luke's gospel said, these be the days of vengeance, when he talked about when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies. These are the days of vengeance, that, that he would avenge those who had given their lives, who did not receive the beast, the mark of, or a number of his name. Now they are being raised, and it happens during the seventh trumpet, and the seventh trumpet is the last trumpet, and the last trumpet sounds during or immediately upon the heels of the temple being destroyed and the power of the holy people finally being broken and the covenant with death being disannulled because that temple system was the closing or the last final centerpiece of this religious system that was now being removed from the face of the earth. And in the middle of this, there is a resurrection that occurs. They live and reign with Christ in fulfillment of Jesus even said to the apostles, 
in the regeneration. The Amplified Bible says, in the messianic rebirth of the world, in the regeneration, you will set on 12 tribes, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. They are ruling with reigning with Christ right now. Uh, they have been for some time. And from that time on, I shared with you last week how the First Thessalonians 4, when Paul was talking about we will not all sleep, he's not saying that we're not going to perhaps lay this physical body down. But if this earthly house is dissolved, we have a building of God eternal in the heavens. So you already got a body inside this one. But the truth of it is, is that uh, what he's saying there is, is that we're not all going to sleep because up till that time, from old covenant saints up till the time of Jesus, they slept with their fathers. They went into Hades, they went into Sheol, and uh, they, they ended up, you know, uh, sleeping with their fathers. But what he's saying is from the resurrection, or what he's saying is from this time forward, from the time of the resurrection of the martyrs, we will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And if you've ever been with anybody in their final moments when they are passing from this scene on, I believe you could see the words. If you read First Thessalonians uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, chapter 5, the context there, he's talking to the church of Thessalonica. Those, the, the audience relevance is incredible to me. And he's telling them, he's saying to them, listen, folks, listen, we're not all going to sleep, but we're going to be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, and we're going to be changed after the last trump. Something occurred 2,000 years ago that changed us. And that is he brought life and immortality to life. That for believers, the moment you take your last breath. See, when he says, and those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall you ever be with the Lord. If you read it from other translations, it says, for a welcome meeting with the Lord in the lower atmosphere, uh, I believe it is Woost says, but that cloud of witnesses, I believe that great cloud is not a physical cloud out here because if that's the case, which way is up? If the earth is round and we all start going up, we're going to go in different directions. But this catching up, if you will, is the same thing that Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven, saw such a and one. Whether in the body or out of the body, he said, I don't know, God knows. But the thing of it is, is to be caught up doesn't necessarily mean you take a geographical flight someplace. But here's the thing. What he's saying is that he says uh, they will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Something changed from that point on because he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel so that you and I have eternal life right now. <coughs> Excuse me. So when he's saying this, he said, for all of us who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The word air there is not the Greek word oranus. It is the Greek word A-E-M-I, and it means literally to breathe, literally to respire or to expire air. And it could literally be translated, the moment you take your last breath or the moment you, 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 you take your last breath, there's a welcome meeting with the Lord in that lower atmosphere. And if you've ever been with people who are passing away, any hospice nurse, any person who's ever seen a loved one, start, they start seeing people from the other side. They'll begin to see the angels of God. They'll begin to see their husband, their wife. They'll begin to see someone they know because I believe that there's something that happens there that helps them to come and to cross over into the other side. There's a welcome meeting with the Lord in the lower atmosphere. And so as a result, my dad, I believe, who passed away several years ago, is not dead. He's not laying in the grave waiting to get up. He is in the great cloud of witnesses. He is cheering us on to the finish line. 
Now, where I believe we have a gap here, now this is where I probably am different than anybody else, but I believe that that, that resurrection occurred, that, there, that there's something at least, you've got to at least agree with me on this, something changed from the old covenant form of death and dying, it sh something drastically changed here in the new covenant, because we're not sleeping at the very least. But in, and so whatever your thoughts are about, you know, what kind of a body, Paul dealt with all that kind of a question, what kind of a body do they come in? Well, there is a terrestrial and there's a celestial. There's a spiritual and a natural. You sow it mortal, it's raised immortal. You sow it corruptible, it's raised in incorruption. You sow a terrestrial uh, and you raise a celestial. So you transfer out of the earthy into the heavenly. You're born the image of the earthy. You will bear the image of the heavenly. What that body looks like, I don't know. I do know that people have had encounters. You see Jesus, for instance, uh, when Moses and Elijah appear to him on the mountain, they, they are somewhat recognizable and in some kind of form. They're not a spirit floating around out there in a crowd. cloud. What that dimension is like exactly, I don't know. But here's what I do believe, is that they are ruling and reigning with Christ right now and part of the great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on to the finish line. Now he goes on to say in Revelation chapter number 20, but the rest of the dead live not again till the thousand years is finished. I believe there is yet a resurrection. I believe that those who have part in the first resurrection don't have to worry about this second one or this second death because the first resurrection is first of all your new birth. And the moment you get born again, you pass from death to life and you have eternal life then. So that if the outer man perish, you still have, the inner man is still full of life and eternal life and immortality or aeonian life. Now for those who are not, the rest of the dead, live not again till the thousand years are finished. To me, that this answers a lot of questions because he's dealing with here, for instance, I believe for, I believe for, for sure that the rest of the dead that live not again at very least, it talks about the wicked. It says, that, and the rest of the dead live not again uh, for, uh, for, for the thousand years. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can find it. But the rest of the dead, verse 5, did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power. But they shall be preached of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, the rest of the dead do not live for this period. In other words, the wicked dead do not have eternal life. Eternal life is not just a length of life. It is somewhat has to do with that, but it's a quality of life that exists uh, to know God. Jesus said, this is eternal life that you might know Him. And so the Father, when you know the Father, you have eternal life. So the wicked, those who die, who do not have life, Jesus said it like this, He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. So one of the things that these people miss, the, the wicked dead, the unbelieving, the abominable, the liars, and so forth, that it classes here, one of the things that they miss, at least, is they miss the life of the age and ruling and reigning with Christ. They don't have immortality. They don't have eternal life. So they are dead waiting on a future judgment this is at least what I believe right now. They don't have eternal, they don't have eternal aeonian life is the Greek word for it. He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. If any man does not have the Spirit of Christ,
Christ, he is none of his. Make no mistake about it, at least coming from Lynn Howes Ministries. We believe that you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom. But we believe the moment you get born again, you pass from death to life, you enter the kingdom right there by new birth, not by death, but by new birth. You're already in the kingdom. You're already a citizen. You already got heaven in you. You can't go to heaven except heaven be in you. And so they've already got the life of God and eternal life in them so that whether we wake or we sleep, we are the Lord's. And I, to me, that's a glorious comfort. I mean, that, that's what I think Paul was telling these folks. Listen, you're losing people in the arenas in 1 Thessalonians 4. But listen, he's saying to them, uh, comfort one another with these words. We're not going to sleep. We're going to be changed in a moment. And he's saying, listen, there's some things here uh, that's about to change that will forever shift. We, I don't think we realize the importance of what really shifted then in those days of, uh, uh, of that great transition period. Now, you know, I could also take you back into the book of Daniel and I could show you, let me see if I can find it very quickly in the book of Daniel. Uh, but Daniel, I mean, to me, Daniel really confirms uh, this particular thought in chapter number, I believe, let, let's see if I can find it in uh, chapter seven, first of all. Yeah, it's in chapter 7, and I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. But uh, let's see, it's, it says in Daniel 7, uh, Daniel 7, we'll just start in verse 7. It says, um, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold a fourth beast. The Roman Empire, the Amplified Bible actually does the history work for you and lays it out. And it translates it, the Roman Empire. Terrible, powerful, and dreadful, and exceeding strong, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled what was left with its feet. And it was different from all the beasts that came before it, and it had ten horns, symbolizing ten kings. This is the same seven heads and ten horns that you see in Revelation chapter 13. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And I kept looking until thrones were placed. For the assessors with the judge and the Ancient of Days, God the Eternal Father took his seat, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire came forth from before him, and a thousand thousands ministered to him, 10,000 times 10,000 rose up and stood before him. The judge was seated, the court was in session, and the books were open. Remember, this is during the same period in history when this Roman beast was in charge. This is said, I mean, to me, and it's almost the exact verbiage you see in Revelation chapter 20 when he said they lived and reigned with him. So the assessor took his seat. Thrones were given. Now they are judging, and the judgment has come. And the court was in session, and the books were open. This is Daniel says the books were open during this period of time. So I want you to see that during this first resurrection, in this first period of time, there was a judgment then, and I believe there is yet a judgment to come for the wicked after the thousand years are finished. But we see this fit perfectly with the book of Daniel. And I looked then because of the sound of the great words which the horn was speaking, I watched that the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. If you remember in the, the book of Revelation that there is this beast that is delivered to be burned. And for the rest of the beast, their power and dominion was taken away that their lives were prolonged for a duration and their lives were for a, six, for a fixed 
season and time. And I saw in the night visions, behold one on the clouds of heaven during this same period of time came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and there was given him the Messiah, dominion and glory and kingdom and all people, nations and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. The kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom was handed over to the Son. Jesus defeated and spoiled principalities. He began to bind this ancient serpent clear back 2,000 years ago and says, hey, listen, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And then he says, go ye, therefore. He tells you, uh, listen, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. So if the devil is loose, it's not because God, hallelujah, it's, uh, uh, it's not because God hasn't given us authority to keep him bound. Let me just put it that way. Uh, that, that he is limited in his scope of influence. One of the things that we have to see is that he was dis, uh, bound not from operating at all, but from deceiving the nations. And we must remember up until this particular time that the only nation on the planet that had access to the covenants of promise were the children of Israel and at that point darkness was upon the rest of the world and they were in the power and the grip of Satan up until that point. But now the gospel is not limited simply to the Jew. Now it's given to both Jew and Gentile and uh, that uh, they could not keep him from deceiving the nations anymore. But in the incarnation of Christ, this change in this gospel began flowing then to all nations of the earth and it began to keep him bound because this chain is a great chain of truth. Now I want you to see that he, he received a kingdom and dominion and, as, and, 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 and uh, which shall never be destroyed. This is what Daniel said, that all languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting uh, and, uh, which shall not pass away and his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was grieved and anxious within me and the visions of my head alarmed and agitated me. And I came near to the one who stood before me, he asked him, told me the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the things, uh, the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High God shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Uh, then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast. And, and he goes on and tells you, uh, which was different from all the others, exceeding terrible and shocking, whose teeth were of iron, its nails of bronze, which devoured, broken, crushed, and trampled what was left with its feet, and about the ten horns representing uh, kings that were on its head, and the other horn which came up later, before which three of the horns fell, the horn which had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, which looked greater than the others. Remember this, these, you know, you read Revelation 13, it's almost word for word. This beast has a great mouth speaking blasphemies. Uh, and, uh, and, and I looked, this horn made war against the saints, and he prevailed. Revelation 13, verse 7 through 9, says that this beast, that, that they would be given into his hands for a short season, that, the, that he would wear out the saints for a times, times, and a half a times. But it goes on to say, he prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High God, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Listen, folks. The kingdom has already been taken out of the hands of the enemy and the kingdom has been fully and completely delivered to God's people 
and said, here, uh, listen, it was taken from a nation that didn't produce the fruit and given to a nation that did produce the fruit. We are now living and are citizens of the kingdom of God where we are living in the season that is post or past beyond this beast when the kingdom and the dominion and the authority of the kingdom has been given to the believer, the saints of the Most High. Uh, and it's an everlasting kingdom that uh, the time came when the saints possessed it. The devil does not win, folks, but the devil has been defeated. I don't know why we can't grasp what Jesus said. Maybe you say, well, it's not, I, there's a lot of evil in the world. Well, there is still some evil in the world, but his, he's not bound from operating at all. He is bound from deceiving the nations because now the gospel is not just to the Jew first, but it's given to uh, both the Jew and the Gentile are, are, are uh, and now included in the gospel. So the truth of the gospel is what keeps Satan bound, and we will... Uh, get into that probably a little bit more as we get into this. But uh, I wanted you to see that this stuff occurred during this period of time of the book of Daniel when this same beast is in power. Now let me see if I can come back and show you yet again in the book of Daniel. I believe it is the 12th chapter of the book of Daniel has very much of the same stuff in it that's dealing with this. Uh, it says, and at that time, chapter 12... At the time of the end, which is the time of the end of the Old Covenant age, Michael shall arise, the great angelic prince who defends and has charge of you, Daniel's people. There should be a time of trouble, straightness and distress, such as never was since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall not be found written in the book of God's own plan. For, and, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame, everlasting contempt, and abhorrence. And they that be wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, those to turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. But, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal up the book until the time of the end. Then shall many run to and fro anxiously. And uh, uh, he goes on to talk about that you will stand in your lot. Daniel stood in his lot during this period of time. Again, we see that the, there was a resurrection that took place at this time of the end of the Old Covenant. We're out of time. Come back and join us again next week as we continue to unpack this. We'll talk more about the binding of Satan. So a seat in the ministry. Call that number on the screen. Become a partner with us today and help us take the gospel of the kingdom around the globe. Your help is needed. God bless you for joining us. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.